We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. fans welcome to pod maverick my name is kirk henderson editor-in-chief over at mavsmoneyball.com i'm joined tonight by josh bow and a baby uh, so we're joining you it's about 10 10 uh we had intended to go live about a half hour ago but uh yeah things happened and here we are thank you so much for uh, being patient and hanging out with us a little bit we'll see uh we'll see where this thing goes for everybody who uh, knows, the Dallas Mavericks just blew the doors off the uh, New Orleans Pelicans earlier tonight in the second straight game where they look like they cannot be beat by anyone. Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. So whenever you're if, – if I'm still alive when your your funeral happens, mm-hmm. um, when if they ask me to speak at the procession, instead of saying anything, I'm going to take a screenshot of this moment <laughs> right now and just project it onto a wall – uh, behind uh, your casket or your urn or whatever, whatever we, whatever we got going on there. Cause I well, think, I think we have summed you up the best way I can sum you up right now. Yeah, this, I know. Is, this is it's, it. I get a little, you know, we, we have fans from all across the internet and every <laughs> like three months I get really testy on Mavs Twitter where some chuckle fuck will question my work ethic. And it's just like, no, no, I'm a true insane person. You don't know. But here's the other thing that 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 is uh, I sort of have a mentality of like pushing through it to where, you know, little guy here was having a night. My wife is is exhausted. We have newborn pictures in the morning. And so I want her to get a decent night's sleep. Nobody cares what I look like in those pictures, anyways. You know, so we're they're looking we're, at you. They're looking at baby. Yeah, they're and looking, they're looking at, at baby at mom. That's right. <laughs> so we're here. Uh, thank you so much for being patient, and hanging out with us. I so so full disclosure. I went to get dinner during halftime, and it took longer than I thought. And I come back, and the Mavericks went up from being up a little bit to being up a lot. And I don't even really know how to talk about this game because at one point they were scoring three points per minute. 
This was an <laughs> offensive, like this was a murder. The Pelicans, the, the, the broadcasting team for the Pelicans, which is what I was listening to, they didn't know what to do. <laughs> it's like getting hit with a hurricane in the middle of a game, basically. Um, yeah, this was the Mavericks' best offensive game of the season. Uh, if you want to go by, you know, uh, per 100 possession data per game. I know that's kind of wonky, but uh, they scored 145 points per 100 possessions tonight, which is the best uh, mark of the season. Um, they continue their streak of scoring at least 114 points in every single game. Uh, back-to-back games, over 130. Um, they hit 23-pointers. Um, Kyrie and, and uh, Luca were both over 30 points. I mean, it's just... It's kind of a carbon copy a little bit of the Clippers game where the train just got rolling and it didn't stop. The only thing is it happened in the third quarter instead of the second quarter. Um, Once again, the Mavericks, they had a a 40-plus point quarter uh, against the Clippers. That was in the second quarter. Another 40-plus point quarter tonight, third quarter, 42 points. Um, This is just, I think, even the most optimistic uh, of those uh whether you're a Mavs fan whether you're media whether you're you're a local or national I would have to say that the expectations have been surpassed through 10 games this is uh, quite the show the team is putting on right now it's- well and the, the Mavericks quite rightfully were broadcasting some of like the greatest starts in team history and this is essentially tied with the fifth best start in 40 years so for those of us who have been fans of the team since the Dirk era or there's a lot there's a number of fans I'm surprised about this that really go back into the early 80s that, that listen to our show they haven't seen very many starts like this and so when we talk about getting off to like a six and four start or whatnot before the season that's us trying to keep pace with like historical norms and instead what these mavericks are doing are sort of blowing the doors off what i think any of us really thought and there are younger fans and i really do appreciate people like this that are out there um uh i got my my shoot his name is escaping my mind but uh there's one of my friends who's predicting an eight and two record the whole time and i'm just like what and yet here we are. So it's it's kind of magnificent. And I, you know, I I just I'm really having a lot of fun, you know, from a from a like X's like from a really nitty gritty point of view. And those of you who have been with Josh and I for a long time know we like to kind of talk about like our own show metrics and stuff. It's quite literally better for us when the Mavericks went like in in a scale of magnitude like 40 to 50 percent more downloads our page views go up a lot of fans just move on when the team loses which is really probably a healthy mindset but like i'm podcasting with a baby i don't have a healthy fan mindset only Um, the sickos stuck around for that's right last season that's right so here we are sort of like really this has gone better than i ever could have hoped and the one thing that i keep thinking and this is is really ridiculous is i don't think they they peaked (laughs) (laughs) i don't think so either um i mean it depends on how good defense much better defensively you think the team can get i think offensively tonight was i mean i don't know how much better you can get offensively i mean grant williams didn't (laughs) never mind grant williams scored zero points right um, (laughs) he he was awful for like the third straight game and we're not even talking about it yeah and tim hardaway jr scored 15 but he also didn't have a, a a huge shooting night so that is actually that's pretty funny so yeah maybe they maybe they do have a little bit more meat on the bone offensively but it's just hilarious the pelicans scored 
almost 130 per 100 possessions tonight. They hit 51% of their shots. They hit 17 of 36 from three, and they were basically blown off the floor for most of the game, and they lose by 12. Um, It's just, you know, this Mavericks offense is just doing stuff that I almost want to say doing stuff we almost never seen before, but really they were almost this good last season after the trade deadline, like Kyrie and Luke. Yeah. On offense, Kyrie and Luca were scoring a boatloads when they were on the floor. The rates were great. The problem last season was they had a historically bad paint defense and they had crappy depth and they had bad luck in the clutch clutch luck is turning around a little bit. Of course, process has been better so that helps they've helped their own fortunes a little bit um and the paint defense is still not great but i don't think it's is as bad as last season uh and the depth is is tremendously improved and i remember you know i swear we're going to talk like actually about the game but i was just thinking before we went live like preseason you know me and you know a lot of people you way more than me uh, that are national guys you know guys that aren't just local media people um and and you've got a web you're the you're the shadow broker of nba twitter is my favorite thing to call you uh so we like talked to a lot of smart people a lot that because it helps to get like that outside perspective because sometimes we're a little too deep sure. in the weeds very and, much you so. know yeah we've had some people that we talked to that are like man like on paper this team like in training camp we were like they're like on paper this team might kill it well, like the, this... the, the funniest one we'll just tell because everybody knows okay. hp basketball matt moore of the action network is like my public enemy number me, one <laughs> like public enemy number one of the mavs team was basically telling telling me and josh behind closed doors he's like my my own metrics that i use to kind of do team predictions and stuff show the mavericks killing it and yeah i mean what <laughs> <laughs> but and it's so like i'm almost thinking and like even in our season prediction a round table i think i landed on 45 wins because and then i said but i was like man i'm looking at this team on paper and like 50 wins doesn't feel outrageous and and, and but then the other part of my brain was like but they won 38 games last season you know those jumps don't always happen it's not always that smooth what pace so are they playing at right now just for funsies like i can't do the math in my head uh oh my gosh i'm so bad with winning percentage so it was an 80 percent winning percentage so that's so like that's roughly like, like 68 games something like that yeah that's like that's over 60 wins for sure um this is hilarious yeah so like even then i kind of tempered my my expectations a little bit because i was just like injuries are gonna happen uh and the preseason international trip like they're the fact that they look this sharp and this uh fresh coming off an international preseason where they traveled like thousands of miles um they only played one preseason game in dallas and they didn't look good in the preseason either no well (laughs) though to be fair i now feel a lot better about getting murdered by the wolves in those two games because the (laughs) wolves Wolves look look incredible yeah everything we saw against the mavericks the wolves have done to every team they've played so i feel a lot better about that one now that's true so yeah it's just and it's also funny because what have you and you and i have been kind of screaming about uh for the last couple of years is just, just get better players. Like don't, you don't have to get all stars necessarily, although that'd be nice. Just, just stop trying to money ball the roster. Stop trying to pick from the Island of misfit toys. Like just go get good players and put them around Luca because Luca's really good. And you don't need that much more 
at least for regular season success. And we're seeing it with just Grant Williams and even Derek Jones Jr. to a slight degree and drafting a guy like Derek Lively. Um, so <laughs> uh, I don't know. This is going to be, I don't know if this is an out of park reference, but have you in liar, liar, the Jim Carrey movie, there's a scene uh, where one of his clients uh, like calls him after he's got the curse where he has to always tell the truth. <laughs> And he's like, uh, your client needs some advice. Like he's got caught robbing another house again. And he just yells, stop breaking the law, asshole. <laughs> and I feel like me, that's like me, but just get better players, Maverick. Mm. Like that's what it feels like. And we're kind of seeing it now. Like they didn't need that much, it looks like. Uh, of course, it's still early, but it's just, yeah, it's it's a crazy start, man. I, we could start talking. I know we haven't really even talked about the game specifically, but I just think this start needs to be put into some proper context i do and i want to talk about the game but before we talk about the game we're gonna shill for just a minute so those of you who are in here already if you could do me a favor and head on down and hit that like button jason gallagher tried to explain to me the other night why it helped i still don't understand but i'm glad that it does hitting that like button is very important if you could also do me a favor when this video is done leave comments on the actual video itself uh, that sort of engagement, I always try to at least read and like every single comment that we get, even the ones that tell me I'm an idiot, um, and there are those. Uh, the last thing you could do for us, if you're at all interested, is hit the subscribe button. We do these shows as often as we can. Uh, I made a promise uh, in the preseason that I would do a both a regular show and then the, the fan show where you guys can come talk with us after every game. So far, I have not been able to do that because i had a baby and i shouldn't have made that promise and i am an idiot that said i'm going to keep doing this as much as possible josh and i love talking mavs he tried to tell me before this oh, i'll just do a solo pod but i wanted to talk about the game you know like like we've gone through too many like horrible seasons to not talk about the fun times um okay let's see so I'm not even sure how to talk about this game because I was pretty worried coming into it because Zion Williamson has is just such a world eater at the rim and the Mavericks have been giving up a thousand points in the paint. I didn't really know what was going to happen. <laughs> did you have any? Did you have any kind of predictions uh, heading in? What do you think about this one? Uh, I mean, I thought the Mavericks were gonna, <laughs> were going to roll in this game. Really? If, if only because hear me out. The injuries on the Pelicans and the yeah. Pelicans have been playing awful um they have not been good lately and cj mccollum's out and if you look at this roster they have no cj mccollum they have no jose alvarado they don't have a point guard that's um, right so and we've seen this season with the mavericks if you are not a great offensive team they are going to leave you in the dust if you're struggling on offense you're not going to be able to keep up the final score indicated that the pelicans did keep up but that's because I think they scored most of their points in fourth quarter garbage. They scored 39 in the fourth. Game was pretty much already decided after the third quarter. So, you know, uh, I, I think most of their most of the their good offensive numbers, I think, probably happened in, in garbage time. Um, so, but up until then, they were kind of a mess. And, and the Maver they had 18 turnovers for the game. The Mavericks had six. I mean, the Mavericks that was just, incredible. With how yeah. sloppy they've been as of late, like yeah. even despite the wins, the the and one of them was Luca attempting like uh, uh, the equivalent of the Joe Montana, like catch in the back of the end zone. Like we're just <laughs> like Kyrie couldn't jump 35 feet in the air for things. I, I was, right. I was wildly impressed. Yeah. So the Mavericks didn't beat themselves uh, and they were, you know, coldly efficient. They were 49% from the field, 20 and 53 from three. Um, I think a big thing, you know, we're just Kyrie's woken up seven of 10 from three. He was five of 10 from three against the Clippers. And we've been kind of waiting for him to, to get back to form and 
So this is kind of what it looks like. And this is kind of what it looked like a little bit last season. Um, I don't know, you know, if you're a team like the Pelicans, it's a little, that's short staffed, you know, they're missing Herb Jones, who's their best perimeter defender. Yep. I mean, you look at their starting lineup, uh, Dyson Daniels, Jordan Hawkins, who's a rookie, uh, Jose Valanciunas, who's big, but not, not quick foot, at, at least. Jose Alvarado. Yeah. Or, oh, he said, was out. Oh, sorry. You said Jose Valanciunas. Oh my God. Sorry. Jonas Valanciunas. That'd be a scary ass player. That would, but I mean, you look at the Pelicans starting lineup. They had what? One good defender in it. Yeah, I mean, Brandon true. Ingram and Zion are not. Well, Zion should be a much better defender, right. but he runs into the Luka Doncic of it all, where it's just like, he's decided not to play defense since coming in from Duke. Right. And then they had Jordan Hawkins play 28 minutes because he has to, and that's a rookie guard. Like, that's just tough. Like yep. the Mavericks were surgical and, and just kind of beating this. The Pelicans tried to trap. Uh, I thought the Mavericks were really good in the first half. Pelicans were trapping and the Mavericks decided to use Grant Williams as a role man, knowing that the trap was coming because maybe they felt a little bit more comfortable with Grant making those plays, catching at the elbow uh, and passing out instead of maybe lively and have lively as a finisher. And to Grant's credit, he had zero turnovers, so he made the right reads. He only had one assist, but I think that kind of went into why he didn't score very well. He only had four shot attempts because the Pelicans, because the way the Mavericks were using him, he wasn't necessarily in a position to score because he wasn't spotting up from three as much. He was kind of rolling into the free throw line area off off the Pelicans' doubles, getting the pass, and then kind of making the next play. He probably had a couple of hockey assists uh, tonight. Um so it didn't necessarily show up in the stat sheet, but the offense was moving well when he was on the floor because he was able to keep the ball rolling and not make a mistake uh, when Luca passed him the ball out of the trap. So that kept it going, and then the shooters were good. Um, you know, Kyrie was great. Uh, uh, did you hear that belch? I did. That was a good this one. This child belches like a man. That's Sorry. good, though. I remember with our little one, we couldn't, we didn't always know if she burped or not. I would just keep doing it forever. Even if it's incredible. What? <laughs> But the yeah, thing that, that I was, I was just, we've, we're, first of all, we're doing one particular guy a, a little bit of injustice. Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Welcome like, to how the do season. You talk about that game. And it, cause he's had good games. That's what always makes the Kyrie parts of this a little bit difficult because he's not really shot to his own. Uh, what he would have probably liked to have done at certain parts of the year, you know, miss some bunnies, not connecting on threes, that sort of thing. I was wondering if we were going to get like a regression to the mean game, or if he was going to have like a 10 game stretch where he shoots like 55% from three and just goes <laughs> to town. And oh. instead we got a little bit of both tonight. I'm not, yeah. man, if the, Ma- if Luca and Kyrie are on the Mavericks are this close to unbeatable. Yeah, pretty much. We even saw that last year where they beat. Remember that game against the 76ers? Wow, that was a great game. Uh, you just there's nothing you can do when they're locked in, especially when they're hitting threes. Like when Luca's hitting threes, it's like, uh, good luck. You know, thanks for coming. You know, you have have a nice night. Uh, we'll we'll see you next time. Like it's just impossible. And they combined for three turnovers between the both of them. Like that's Kyrie has been great with the ball. By the way, I think he's. Yeah, he's only averaging about two turnovers per game. That's pretty great. And the thing about Kyrie um, that just makes this click is just his willingness to play off ball and how good he is at it. And he's had practice, obviously. He's played with LeBron. He's played with Kevin Durant. Um, and he's such a good spot-up shooter. Like, the way the Mavericks can deploy him, I know sometimes fans get a little angsty when they see him just kind of spotting up in the corner. But, like, 
sometimes that's like just really good floor spacing. Like he's a tremendous spot. Well, up I, I'm glad shooter. you brought that up because yeah. there's like there's a contingent of online Kyrie specific fans that lose their minds when talking about Kyrie in relation because like the ideal Kyrie as a basketball player, like like if he was able to suit up 82 games a year and do the, what he does when he looks amazing, he'd be a top two, three player in the league, but he's 30 years old. He's not physically able to do some of that stuff that happens. And so Luca is a ball dominant player, but he's also younger and he's able to take the beating. And I think it drives certain elements, of the fan base nuts that Luca doesn't share the ball more, but like, Letting Kyrie cook when Kyrie is able as opposed to needing it every night is a true honest to God luxury because it makes this team scary. And I, I am just really pleased watching him play. Now there are moments where I wish when he was the guy on the floor tonight, wasn't a good example because that man went attacked early, but there've been games this season where he's definitely uh, what do you want to call it? He hasn't attacked and he's let Tim Hardaway take the lead. I'd like to see that stuff clear up. And I think it will. Yeah. Um, I, a little I just, bit of that happened tonight. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I just couldn't be happier with this sort of Kyrie stuff because not needing Kyrie to play beautifully and still getting wins just makes this team legitimately frightening for when he does play well. Yeah, exactly. Like, and this is what we're like, their two supernova games have happened when he's woken up and they've still, you know, still winning games even without that. So that's, that's exactly what you said. And I think what was really nice tonight is I think and I'm guilty of this too like when we think about Kyrie and Luca it's like well why isn't like Luca sending picks for Kyrie why isn't Kyrie like people want to see the direct action and this isn't just a Mavericks thing it's an NBA thing because Mm -hmm. think about how many times if you're if you're a purveyor of NBA national media like there was a big narrative about like Kevin Durant and Steph Curry not running enough pick and rolls when they were together in, in gold state. There was the narrative when Kyrie and LeBron were together during the regular season, people would be like, well, why aren't they running around? And like sometimes teams, players, coaches, they just like to save that stuff. They don't necessarily need to run. was notorious. Like he stopped <laughs> running Luca uh, KP pick and rolls. And it's like, why, why spam it, murder it. <laughs> right. And that's just, it's just not how it works. Um, but but to be to their credit, they're not necessarily doing that. But the ball still is finding people uh, in a way that it wasn't last season. I think a lot of that is just you know Luca being in shape, being able to push the ball. But a lot of that is just the roster's better. Um, mm-hmm. Like how many people had two? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven players had at least two assists, which I think is a really nice sign. Tomorrow Junior had two assists, Dwight Powell two assists, and those are guys that are normally play finishers. So I think, you know, the ball's really moving well when those guys have multiple assists. Um, Josh Green had three. Uh, Jaden Hardy had two, which is nice. Get a little little movement uh, with the bench. So I think the ball is still moving around pretty well. And yeah, Luca is still dominating the ball. Maybe not as much as last season, um, but the transition stuff definitely helps. And we were talking about this in Slack earlier. I don't know if you saw it, but like Jordan was just talking about like how how impressive it was that Luca was hitting the kick ahead and we we're trying to think of like reasons why like has he bought in is it is it a conditioning thing and I think all those things are true but for me the main reason is he finally has people to kick it ahead to like mm. <laughs> like last season is he kicking it ahead to to Theo Penson or or McKinley Wright or Frank Nilakina or Faku Campazo like like they just had a rough end of the bench last season now he's got you know, 24-year-old Grant Williams. He's got Derek Jones Jr. He's got Derek Lively. Um, he's got Kyrie, a full 
training camp, you know, preseason with Kyrie, who I think, um, not trying to start a debate about Kyrie versus Jalen Brunson, but they're just different play styles. I think Kyrie likes to get up down the floor a little bit more than Brunson. Not to say that he's a Brunson plays that, a lot like Luca, and people yes, didn't yes. want to have that conversation. Yes. Yes. So I, I think Kyrie's style fits a little bit better, not to discount uh, how great of a player Brunson is. And also not to discount, like, that doesn't mean like the Mavericks were right to do what they did that summer with Brunson, but it just, Kyrie just works out with the transition game a little bit more. Hardaway has been pretty good in transition. Uh, Josh Green's been good. Like his best moments, I feel like are, are making plays on the break. And then, like, you've got Jaden Hardy in the rotation over someone like Seth Curry. Seth Curry didn't play till garbage time in the fourth quarter. Hardy got some minutes in the in the second and third quarter when the game is theoretically still on the line. Um, like, that's they're playing a lot of young athletic guys compared to last year that have higher pedigree than what they did last year, which makes a difference. Um, and I've really liked Exum. I know he hasn't played a lot these last two games, but when he's been on the floor lately – I've just really enjoyed his combination of size and skill. Like just feels like the Mavericks aren't missing a lot now when they go to their bench compared to last season when it was like, whenever Luke went off the floor, you're like, all right, buckle up. Like, can they not get outscored by 10 points in these three or four minutes? Luke is uh, trying to get some rest. Now it just feels like the team can play a consistent style from start to finish because they finally acquired some players that kind of fit what they're trying to do uh, better. Well, one of the things I've been thinking about, is you know kind of like season-long game planning you know what teams have to do on a night in night out basis and one of the frustrating elements about playing about watching the mavericks for the past i don't know the last year in particular but when it didn't work in 21 22 is also very frustrating the fact that the pace of play is is up really changes i think the season-long math for how you defend this team because even if the Mavericks aren't running or aren't getting kick-ahead passes on a given night, that they opposing teams have had that drilled into them, or at least they should, that this is what the Mavericks are going to do, forces that other team to run harder. And the Mavericks are controlling the pace by, by pushing it more. And then you have the fourth quarter. And so, not to like spoil a piece, but David Trink has a piece coming out tomorrow morning for Mavs Moneyball. Uh, that talks about the differences in the first and fourth quarter for these Mavericks uh, last year to this year. And, you know, the, these last two blowouts have sort of tinkered with his thesis, but I actually think it's correct. The Mavericks have traded their first quarter efficiency in previous years for fourth quarter efficiency right now, and it's helping them close. And I think that running is a big part of that because they're just teams are teams are tired. They're not able to do certain things against them by the end of it because the Mavericks are just bombarding them. I mean, you said this probably two pods ago, but the threat of the Mavericks to go on like a three, you know, hit, hitting three straight threes like they're the running gun sons is it's it's putting legitimate fear of God against other teams. Yeah, it really is. And I think that's a good point you make, like, because previously i think teams kind of knew even though it was really difficult to stop there was at least like a a book on the team where it was like okay they like playing in the half court let's try to speed the tempo up they don't like playing a fast game that's where they get sloppy that's where their defense really suffers like that's our chance uh, we can't play a half court t- game against this team and now it's like you know okay now they're kind of they're the ones initiating some of the running and the up tempo and now that kind of takes away uh 
a weakness that teams would try to exploit in the past. So now it's like pick your poison because they're getting they're still killing it in the half court. Like they're still absolutely crushing teams in half court play. And now they've got a transition game worth a damn. And it's not necessarily fast break points. It's just getting up and down the floor faster, secondary break, all that stuff. So I think that's a really great point. Like they're, they're just a little bit more well-rounded. So it's harder for teams to kind of sit on some of the things that they like to do, because really like you think about the, by the time they got to last season, the team had gotten maybe a little too, what is it? Comfortable. Um, I don't know how to say it, but they were kind of set in their ways and the ways they like to do things. And eventually teams can pick up on that. And, and and I think that the way they're playing now isn't, well, it's not like a total 180. Like they're not a completely different team. They've just kind of added something to their repertoire. So other teams can't just be like, okay, the book on this team is let's get them out of their half court game. And, then, and that's the way we can, we can mess them up and, and frustrate them and make it sloppy. And we can outrun them because we can, we have the better athletes on the floor. Like that's not the case now. I mean, well, Krishna points, and all these young guys. Krishna points this out in the chat, and the fact is that the Mavericks can play slow whenever they whenever they want to, right? <laughs> that, because they can, they've done it. So That's this the ace is not card. a. Yeah. It, it's not a. It's not going to be much of an adoption thing where it's like, all right, well, these these guys are really something. Ooh, hello there, another burp. <laughs> Ooh, drunk, milk drunk guys. It's the way to go. Um, trying to think what else I really wanted to talk about this game. It was funny. Um, I do think we need to shout out Josh Green a little bit because uh, we've been pretty mean to him lately because he's been pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> he finished with 13-3-2 and two, uh, along with two steals. Um, had some nice, just, just some nice plays, 28 minutes. He had a couple of de- defensive snafus where I just, they got to get in film with him and show him the overhelp. But I just, I wanted to say it because I, I think sometimes we, we really, I use him in particular as a bit of a, um, what do you want to call it? Like just he's the, yeah. Well, not is is kind of the 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 mascot of the yeah of, the of of kind of their issues, and that's not fair to me because I'm just you know I like well, I like when the when the guy plays well. I liked what you know. I, I continue to really be impressed by Jaden Hardy's willingness to do the role that he's been given. Yes. Um, I I think he had a real opportunity this year to come in like a a bit of a jackhole, and he just hasn't. <laughs> and I I, I got to get a shout out to him. Um, Dwight Powell lives and Dwight Powell continues to matter to this team a great deal. Um, he had a lot of boards tonight, really played his ass off in a game where I thought he was going to die. Um, cause yeah. Derek Lively had a little bit of foul trouble. Lively had a pretty, Lively had an interesting game. Um, my standards are rising for Lively, which is a good thing. Right. Um, and I'm, I just, I continue to be impressed with him. Was there anybody else that really stands out for you? Uh, I think I already mentioned it, but I really liked Exum's minutes, even though mm-hmm. he only played 13 minutes. He's just an interesting combat because he, he's big. Like mm-hmm. he is so big for a guard. Like it, he just like he's bigger than Josh Green. It feels like I don't know if that's true or not. I think he weighs well, more than Josh. So, um, so our friend John Gennaro, uh, who's actually the husband of our previous editor Rebecca Lawson, um, texted me tonight, and he said that he feels like. Uh, he he feels like Exum is is Josh Smith's looper, like Josh from the future who's figured something out, and <laughs> I, I I like that take because there's just the there's some similarities now they play, but like the bigness of Exum stands out, and just kind of the the there's a fearlessness to him that the Mavericks need in these mo- in some of these things because he's not afraid to push the tempo to get hit in the face, hit in the mouth. I I like it. 
I yeah, like and especially, I mean, he played in he played overseas for two years, and it's a little bit of a physical game. So, like, I think that seasoned him in ways that he needed it. Um, he just has like this calming pre- like he's just something that the team. He's so much of what the team did not have last season coming off the bench. Like just talking about a guy that you feel comfortable with handling the ball, um, that you feel comfortable getting a team through some bench sets, but also not having, you know, last season it was like, okay, well, you felt okay with Kemba before his knees died or maybe Faku running some offense. That's right. But also they're those guys are like 5'11", and you're, they're giving so much up on the other end. And it's like, okay, get McKinley right out there and he, and he or Frank Nilakina. They can hold up a little bit better athletically, but those guys are not those are not guys you want running your bench offense or anything like that. Like the way he's just able to be just kind of a, a jack of all trades kind of guard to come off the bench. Like you're you're not sacrificing size, you're not sacrificing defense, you're sacrificing a little bit of shooting and maybe you know offensive efficiency, but you take that when it comes with him, his steadiness handling the ball and getting the teams through. Uh, the sets that they need to run. So he, you know, he, his minutes are going to fluctuate a little bit. I think like, he's not going to be a 20 minute per game guy. He might not even be a 15 minute per game guy, but I just, when he's in the game, he just, he has a, a, a calming presence on, on the rest of the bench guys, especially, you know, with like Hardy and green, you can get a little sporadic for sure. He, it feels like he kind of settles things down. The thing about Hardy, that's really impressive that I feel like, I know you just shouted him out, but I want to just Please. double down on it. Like we came into the season, it was like, okay, Tim Hardaway Jr. is coming off the bench. You've got Kyrie and Luca, who also basically play Hardy's position, scoring guard. So, and you, they signed Seth Curry, a veteran who's already worked in Dallas, who's one of the best three point shooters ever. Um, you, you, theoretically, it was like, well, where's Hardy going to play? Because you've got Kyrie and Luca are going to play thirty minute, thirty plus minutes a night. Tim's going to play. You know, he's not going to not play. Uh, and then you think, okay, well, that's already three guards in your rotation. How many more are going to play? Seth is a veteran. Exum's a veteran. Like where it just felt like Hardy was the odd man out because he's a younger guy. Like, you know, Jason Kidd wants to go with vets. That's not a shocking thing. He wants guys maybe that can play a little defense. So you, maybe he goes with Exum. And so the the fact that Hardy has kind of forced his way into the rotation a little bit, even if it's not a huge, gigantic role, like the fact that he's playing – in the first three quarters and it's Seth Curry. That's one playing in mop up duty in garbage time. I would not have predicted that. And I think that's a really nice sign of things to come because you want party to play. Cause you want this young guy to get as many minutes as possible because he could be a legitimate building block. And even if it's not with the Mavericks, you want to increase his value for, for down the road. If another team starts calling. So even if his future might be a little handicapped because like Kyrie and Luca aren't going anywhere anytime soon, I, I just love the fact that he's he's making an impression on the coaches enough to get into games before some guys that have a lot of veteran uh, cachet, so to speak. So that that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, I I'm in I'm enjoying this. I do think it's also worth shouting out uh, Luke Byrne in the in the chat notes. This um, Olivier Maxence Prosper got his first uh, NBA basket of the game. A pretty awesome drive. Accepted a bump in midair and finished. Despite contact going at the rim, really liked that. Also really liked how excited the Mavericks were for him. Thought that was pretty fun. Um, yep. I just, I don't know. This is, 
this is nice. And, you know, I, I do love me uh, a righteous rage fest whenever the Mavericks do something exceedingly stupid, but so far we just haven't had anything like that. And so I'm kind of, kind of trying to enjoy uh, this as much as I can while also being, um, you know, broadly, uh, as Evan notes, Kirk looks tired AF while also being very tired in, in real life. But um, I do think it's also worth mentioning because, you know, we have been very difficult on Jason Kidd since the Mavericks hired him um, at the start of three seasons ago. And he did not have a good year last year. He didn't. Uh, I think there's an argument to be made. I read a, an article about this on um, Mavs fans for life. That's what it was um, about kind of kid, uh, you know, his, his, his coaching job this year. And I think it's worth mentioning because he has done a nice job there's really something to getting out of the way and letting your best players play. And we've seen coaches who cannot do that. <laughs> like not just with the Mavericks. Like I, I would argue Steve Kerr has kind of been like just a, a frustrating butthead um, kid in the past. I mean, there's, you know, you're, there's a number of people who said, you know, if kids pushing all these younger players so he can use it as an excuse when they don't win. And here's the thing, they're winning. There's no excuses <laughs> to be had. There's just sort of nothing going on right now. And 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 even then, I mean, he didn't start lively game one because I think there was maybe part of him that was like, is he really ready to be our starting? Well, I, brought, I starting didn't center? agree with this take at the time, but somebody said that night, like, what if they didn't start lively because kid didn't want to have undue pressure on the rookie? And I just I as I'm as I'm further away from it, I have to give that idea credence because it looks like that. It it's I, I don't know. I there's still plenty of ways things could go goofy. Um, but it hasn't, and I don't I don't want to talk about it until it does. Yeah, and I mean they did they did revamp the coaching staff a little bit, um, and they're much better on out of timeout plays. So I don't know if that's causation or you know correlation or whatever um that's but a, it looks that's a good looks point you know mm-hmm. they they were really good on out of timeout plays when i can't remember his name uh for the western conference finals the Slovenian, yes uh, and i think Eagle. a lot of yeah i think a lot of people you know attributed that to him uh just judging by how his other teams have played in the past and then he left and i don't know they they their bench was pretty young like their coaching staff like uh sean sweeney has been around for a little bit but he's still relatively young yeah they don't Um, have like 20 they don't have like that 22 year old coaching vet that's just a a permanent lifetime assistant yeah so i wonder if they did you know they did mix up their coaching staff a little bit um and i wonder if that's paying dividends and kid to me strikes me as a coach at least so far in his mavericks tenure that when he has options he seems, I mean, and this is true for all coaches, but he just seems much more comfortable when he has options. He might not be the coach you want um, to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> sorry, sorry to say, like he might not be that guy that you want necessarily to to take a misfit toys and, and put them together and and survive. But they've given him more toys to play with, and uh, and similar to twenty the twenty twenty two final Western Conference Finals run. Yep. When it felt like they had a little bit more depth and they had more defensive versatility because Reggie Bullock felt like a breath of fresh air because they just didn't have that other three and D wing next to Dorian. Uh, like they finally, you know, they've they've finally kind of gotten back to having you know more playable guys, and I think Kid's done a good job managing the minutes. And 
you know, lineup wise, I know everyone kind of threw pitchforks at Derek Jones Jr. starting. People want to see Josh Green start, but well, it's, wrong. it's working. You know, it's yeah. working so far, and you can kind of see the vision of why Jones, even even in a bad game, Jones wasn't amazing uh, tonight. He only had seven points, cooled off from three a little bit. Uh, defensively, he was still pretty. He was pretty decent, but just the you could just see the way they play with him in the starting lineup like it just it makes sense and you see green come off the bench and he's got more opportunities with the ball and he's making some good passes and it's like okay even when jones isn't shooting a billion percent from three like he has in some of these games like it just it kind of makes sense the puzzle pieces are fitting together so uh you know no no qualms there for rotations or minutes or lineups or anything like that so far Oh, well, this has been a lot of fun. I don't really think I've got anything else. I do have a question for you that's on the technical side. If I was to ask for you to end the stream, are you actually capable of doing that? I can. I got the button right there. That's All right. right. So I'm going to close this out because as you can see, I have two hands full. Yeah. Guys, this has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. I'll be back here in about 20 minutes. Going to see if I can get this guy, little guy here, tuckered out. Um and then I'll be back. We'll do our fan show and hang out for a little bit. It's still pretty early. Um, I'm, I'm hyped after that game. I had a good time. Uh, this Fun. has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. Please head over to MavsMoneyBall.com tonight, tomorrow, uh, often, frankly, because I've really been impressed with the kind of content our team is regularly putting out. Uh, lots of interesting ideas that flow out there. And then, you know, just fun to talk about winning basketball, right? Yeah, for sure. I'll more of this, please. That's right. All right. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. We will talk with you guys on Tuesday night. Have a good start to your week and go Mavs. See you later. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.